Yeah, I'm Jim Nolan. I'm a private investigator working for my dad's firm in Boston. Perhaps you've heard of dad, Albert Nolan? A lot of his cases were written up in PI Magazine. He and Gladys, that's my mother, have been running this office since I was in high school. Now dad is missing. He hasn't returned from investigating the Laurel case up in Maine. I've come back to work with mom until he returns. He will return. I will find him. It's only a matter of time. Misfits Audio is proud to present Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Episode 11 is entitled Father's Day, Part 1. In our last episode, Jim realized to his shock that his fiancée, Trudy Williams, is connected to the disappearance of his father. It is now a few hours after Jim broke this news to his mother. Family friend and Boston Police Lieutenant Walter Carmichael has arrived at Mrs. Nolan's home and is inspecting the two handwriting samples that constitute the proof of Trudy's involvement. It's definitely in the same hand. Notice the printed capital N and the way the second N loops up. How could I have been so blind? Easy, Jimmy. Don't be so hard on yourself, kid. Naturally, you wouldn't have suspected that Trudy had any connection to this. Why would you? But I've seen her handwriting before. Sure, she never wrote me much. Guys usually write the love letters, right? But I've seen her handwriting. There's no sense in beating yourself up over this. Your mom's right. The important thing now is how do we use this information to find Albert? We go and see Trudy. That's what we do. We confront her with the evidence and demand an explanation. Agreed. I'll go with you. What about me, Walter? I don't think so. If all three of us go, it might seem like we're ganging up on her. I think Gemini going will be enough. We don't want to scare her. I'll go to the office then. Call me with whatever you find out. I'll be waiting. And Jim? Yes, Mom? Good luck. What is it, Jim? I simply can't believe it. All these months that Dad has been missing, and this clue is right under my nose. Hell of a detective I am. I guess you'll have to include me in that mix then. I've met your fiance. She seemed like a nice, sweet girl. I never thought for a minute she was involved in this. She's got a really good poker face. We were even looking at houses a couple weeks ago. What could she possibly hope to gain? I think it's about time we paid her a visit and found out. Come on. Well, Jim, good morning. You are certainly here early. Good morning, Mrs. Williams. This is Lieutenant Carmichael of the police department. Mrs. Williams? Oh, dear. Is something wrong? Not really, ma'am. We would like to ask you some questions if you have the time. Certainly. I don't have to leave for work for another half hour or so. Please, come in. I'm afraid that... 
Mr. Williams has already left for the office. I'm sure you'll be able to help us. I'll certainly try. Can I get either of you some coffee? I have some brewing. No thanks. No, thank you. How can I help you? We actually came over to see Trudy. Could you call her downstairs, please? I'm afraid she isn't here right now. Do you know when she'll be back? I'm sorry, but I don't. She left very early this morning. Where'd she go? (laughs) Florida? Florida? No. She mentioned something about visiting a friend of hers. Where does this friend live? In Maine. Brunswick, I think Trudy said. Bingo! What was that about Florida, Lieutenant? Lieutenant Carmichael was wondering if Trudy might have gone back to Florida. Back? Yes, you, Mr. Williams, and Trudy went there on a family trip not long ago. I'm afraid you're wrong, Jim. Come again? The three of us haven't been on a family trip in some time. And none of us has been to Florida in years. When Jim was searching for the missing payroll from Ted's diner and investigating the mystery at Stackhouse Bakery, Trudy told him that she was visiting Florida with her parents. She even called him during a stop on the way home. If she wasn't in Florida, as her mother has now confirmed, where was she? Could the answer be Brunswick, Maine, the site of Albert Nolan's disappearance while investigating the Laurel case? We'll be back with our latest Jim Nolan Private Eye Mystery, Father's Day, Part 1, in a moment. Meanwhile, back at the Boston, Massachusetts offices of Nolan Investigations. Come in. Mrs. Nolan? Yes. I don't know if you remember me. Eric Stanton. Eric, of course I do. My, how you've grown. Well, I'm no longer a teenager, Mrs. Nolan. You don't say. I turned 20 just over a month ago. My, time certainly does fly. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. And how is your dear mother? Is she doing okay without your dad? As well as can be expected. She still speaks about how kind you and your family were to us when Dad passed away last year. Oh, it was nothing. Your father was a fine man, and he gave my Albert and Nolan investigations quite a boost by writing about our cases in B.I. magazine. I can't tell you how many clients came to us because of those articles. My, those were the days. Your dad and Albert developed quite a friendship. I know. Dad spoke often of Mr. Nolan. That's nice to hear. You must ask your mother to call me. It's been too long. We can go out for coffee. I'm afraid that will have to wait. Mom's moving to Florida tomorrow. She is. The lucky devil. No more New England winters for her. No more snow shoveling. I've been trying to convince Albert to move to the Sunshine State for years, especially now that Jim is all grown up and out on his own. Is there any word on Mr. Nolan's whereabouts? Some new clues have surfaced, so we're hopeful. Maybe you'll be able to convince them to move once the two of you are reunited. 
I can certainly try. He's always said that he'd miss working here too much. Couldn't he open an agency down there? That's exactly what I've suggested, but it's like talking to a brick wall. I don't think I'm letting any cat out of the bag, but my Albert can be pretty stubborn sometimes. So your mother's moving tomorrow? Yes. She sold the house, and she's flying out of Logan Airport tomorrow morning. Well, please, give her our best. I will. I also came over to give you this. What is it? I don't know. It must have fallen out of that box of papers from P.E.I. magazine that I gave you. I stumbled on it in the attic when I was helping Mom clean out the house for the new owners. It certainly looks important. I was tempted to open it, but I didn't. It seems like it was a private thing between Dad and your husband. You can see from the writing on it. Stanton, please hold for me. Not for publication. A-X-N. X? Albert Xavier Nolan. He never used his middle name much. When Jim was born, Albert wanted to name him Xavier, but I changed his mind. (laughs) Something I'm sure Jim is grateful for. (laughs) He is. Thank you for the papers. I don't suppose there's any problem with looking at them now. No, I suppose not. P.I. Magazine isn't coming back. It had a good run, but it's over. That's too bad. I remember reading it as a kid, sometimes with a flashlight and under the covers. I'm sorry, but I've got to run. Mom still needs some help getting ready for her flight tomorrow. Thank you so much for these papers. Here's our card. Please have your mom contact us when she settles in. I'll do that. Give my best to Jim. I will. Thanks again. How could you? How could you have put yourself in such danger and never told me? No wonder you didn't want Mr. Stanton to publish these papers. You sneaky. Stanton, you old crow. Albert Nolan. Long time no see. I've been pretty busy. I'll bet you have. How's the family? Good. Gladys sends a love, and Jim's birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, what'll he be? Uh, Twelve? Thirteen. Wow. Hard to believe. So what's up? I need you to keep these papers for me. Sure. Not for publication. Are these from that Llewellyn case up in Maine that you told me about? Yeah, but please don't ever call it that in front of Gladys. Why not? Well, it turned out to be more dangerous than I thought it would be. You didn't get hurt, did you? No. Came close, though. I think Gladys may have heard of the Luella matter. Yeah, the news has been devoting a lot of time to it. It's not every day you catch some people trying to take over the federal government. I've been calling it the Laurel case in front of her. (laughs) You always did love those Laurel and Hardy movies. Funny stuff! Sons of the Desert. Who wouldn't get a laugh out of that? So I suppose the colonel was suitably grateful? 
Oh yes, very much so. He said that I'll likely get a presidential citation for helping out. Hey, well won't that look nice on your office wall? Oh, I'm sure it would. But no dice. Ah, oh, that's right. The missus. Exactly. Do me a favor and hold on to these notes of mine. For how long? I'm not sure. Indefinitely. I've already given Colonel Cutler a copy. Yeah, whatever you say. And don't worry about the Llewellyn thing. Gladys won't hear about it from me. I'm just glad it's over and you're safe. You know, I wouldn't sell many magazines without the adventures of the great Albert Nolan. Mom? Jim? I'm sorry, I... I didn't hear you when Walter came in. Are you okay, Gladys? Just fine. Where's... Where's Trudy? On her way to Brunswick, Maine. No. Yes, and you know that trip she took to Florida a little while ago? I remember. Her whole family went. It was a lie. We spoke with Mrs. Williams. No one in the family has been to Florida in years. We think she may have been in Maine. That would make sense. What are all these papers? Isn't that Al's handwriting? It is. Jim, do you remember Eric Stanton? Sure, Mr. Stanton's son. Stanton published P.I. Magazine back in the day, Walter. I used to read it. I think I have some old copies at home in my attic. Stanton's son found these papers in his mom's house and brought them to me. They're all about the Laurel case. How could you have Dad's notes on the case? I meant the first Laurel case. I don't understand. Walter, do you remember the Lou Ellen affair up in Maine in 55? I think I do. Weren't they the communists who were charged with trying to overthrow the government? One in the same. Well, the Lou Ellen case is the Laurel case. Al worked on that back in 1955? Wow, that's big league stuff. He did, but he kept it hush-hush. His notes say that he nearly got shot. There were communists in Maine in 1955? It was a different world, Jim. You were just a kid. The Cold War was really hot then. A lot of people believed that communists were everywhere. Some people believe they had even infiltrated the government. So what happened in Maine? A family called the Llewellyns started causing trouble for the federal government. They barricaded themselves in a compound up there, and they were heavily armed. They kept talking about how it was their right to overthrow the federal government. It was all over the news for a few days, then nothing. The feds must have put the kibosh on any news reports. It looks like Al had something to do with bringing about the end of the Llewellyn affair. According to these notes, he was recruited by some bigwigs in the federal government and managed to break up the operation. How did Dad do that? I haven't had time to read all of the papers yet. Why haven't we ever heard of this? Look at the front of the envelope. Why would Al not want to publish it? I'm not sure. Maybe it was for national security reasons. Maybe he thought I'd kill him if I ever knew that he had knowingly put himself in such danger. So you asked Mr. Stanton to hold on to the papers for him and change the name of the case from Llewellyn to Laurel? Yes, probably after Stan Laurel. 
He used to love those old black and white comedies. L for Llewellyn, L for Laurel. So I guess the current case is connected to the one from 55. I would think so. What are the odds that another case, one that really is named the Laurel case, just happened to surface in Maine and that Albert got involved? He told me that it was no big deal. He thought it might take a few days to straighten out. Tops. He told me the same thing, the sneaky little bugger. What happened to the people responsible for the 1955 case? Albert's notes say that George and Hannah Llewellyn were both sentenced to life in prison for attempting to overthrow the United States government. We've got to head back to Brunswick and find Dad. What little new information we have isn't enough for us to track your dad down, kid. All three of us and several of my officers have been over that town with a fine-tooth comb. Then we'll use a finer-tooth comb. We can't let this chance pass us by. We're not going to, Jim. We'll find your dad. But Lieutenant Carmichael is right. We do need something more concrete to go on. Walter? Yes? Could you use your connections to track down the Llewellyns? Mrs. Llewellyn is being brought to the visitor's room. There will be a guard right behind her, and you'll be able to speak to her through the glass. Thank you. I can't believe that her husband died only last month. When I think of the information we could have gotten from him... Hopefully his wife knows whatever he knew. Okay, I'm going. Don't push me, big boy. Mrs. Llewellyn? When blazes are you? This is Lieutenant Carmichael of the Boston PD. My name is Jim Nolan, and this is my mother. I think you know my father, Albert Nolan. Now there's a name I haven't heard in a while. But one that I will never forget. That bum is your daddy. Easy, lady. Mrs. Llewellyn, my husband has been missing for some months. We believe his disappearance might be connected to your case. I hope it is. What are you talking about? Albert Nolan ought to be ashamed of himself. He broke up an organization that could have made this country a paradise. By overthrowing the U.S. government? It's the right of the people. Is it possible that someone has started everything up again? I hope so. It's a noble endeavor. We need your help to find my dad. Why should I help the likes of you? Because it could save a man's life. What do I care about saving a man's life? Did anyone care about saving my George's life when he died in prison last month? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> sure you are. I truly am. It was your husband who helped put him in stir, lady. I don't believe your crocodile tears for a second. Guilt by association, I say. Guard, can I leave now? If you help us, things might go a little easier on you here. Oh yeah, that's a laugh. I've already done nearly 20 years of my life sentence. The only way I'm getting out of here is in a pine box. So my kids can put me in the ground. We might be able to arrange for some special privileges. I don't need nothing from anybody in here. 
You mentioned your children. Could they possibly be behind my husband's disappearance? I don't know. I'm not allowed no mail here that ain't poured over by a censor. Some of it is so blacked out that it ain't worth reading. But could they be behind it? Sure, yeah. They're both resourceful kids. I hope they are trying to create paradise again. And they're holding your husband captive. Serves him right for what he did back then to their parents. You dirty little- Jim! That won't help us. I- I, I'm- I'm sorry. Walter, could you please take Jim out for a breath of air? Sure. But Mom- I'd like the chance to talk to Mrs. Llewellyn alone. All right. Is that okay with you, Hannah? Why not? I've got all the time in the world. See ya, kid. Now that the men are out of here, maybe the two of us can talk calmly. That's one feisty boy you have there. He misses his father. I suppose so. Like we both miss our husbands. Yeah, I guess that's the one thing we have in common. Hannah, I know you don't believe me, since I'm Albert's wife, but I really am sorry that your husband died. I've faced a lot of death in my life, and it's heartbreaking. You ain't lying. I don't want anyone to experience that grief if they don't have to. Sadly, it's too late to do anything for your George, but it may not be too late to save Albert. I suppose it's possible he might still be alive. Hannah, you know the feeling of loss all too well. I do. If there's any chance of saving my Albert, wouldn't you want me to be spared that grief? No. What? If your husband's dead, he's dead. And no amount of girl talk is going to convince me to think on my kids. You may as well go join your boy and the cop, because this conversation is over. From the look on your face, I guess Mrs. Llewellyn didn't talk. You're right. So we're back where we started from. Maybe not. Who was that colonel Dad mentioned a couple of times in those papers? Cutler. I think his name was. Albert never mentioned a first name. What about it, Lieutenant? What about what? Do you have any connections with the federal government? One that I can think of. A classmate of mine in the police academy. Ben Timelty. Haven't spoken to him in years. Last I heard, he was still working for the feds downtown. Do you think he could track down the colonel? That's a longer shot than finding Mrs. Llewellyn was, Jim. We don't know the guy's first name or what branch of the service he may have been in. We know that he would have been a pretty important official back in 1955 to have recruited Albert. Maybe the CIA or FBI. Maybe. You have to try, Lieutenant. I don't see that we have any other clues left. Walter Carmichael. It's been a long time. It sure has. I never thought I'd see your ugly mug again. 
<laughs> right back at you, Ben. You must really need help if you're coming to me. Is this all the info you have on the missing person? Every bit of it. Well, this won't be easy. That's why I'm asking for help. Why do you want to find this colonel, anyway? It's possible he holds the key to finding an old friend of mine. All this for a friend? A very good friend. One of my best. And one this country owes a great deal of gratitude to. I'll do everything I can. I'll call in every one of my markers. Thanks. You know where to reach me when you find the colonel. I do. You know, you're gonna owe me for this one, Walter. You name the restaurant. Once my friend is back with his family, the lobster's on me. Thank you for seeing us, Dr. Harkins. Please call me Louise. If you say so. <laughs> I'm Dr. Harkins to everyone in this place. It's nice to hear Louise every so often. What can you tell us about Colonel Cutler? His full name is Isaiah Bradley Cutler. He worked for the federal government in various roles since before World War II. He's a lovely man with a bit of a southern drawl. I've heard that as a younger man, he was a real charmer. Why is he in this hospital? I'm afraid he has Alzheimer's disease. That's too bad. It happens to many senior citizens. The colonel is 91 years old. Wow. Why do you want to see him? We believe he may have some information that will help us locate a missing person. I wish you luck. Colonel Cutler does have some stretches of lucidity, but lately they are few and far between. I'd take whatever he tells you with a couple grains of salt. We understand. Here's his room. Colonel Cutler? That's him looking out the window? It is. Colonel, you have visitors. So nice to see young people. <laughs> of course, at my age, anyone younger than Methuselah is a pup. Colonel, may I present Lieutenant Walter Carmack? Carmack Nolan? What? By gum, it is you. You haven't changed a lick since the last time Colonel, I saw you. I'm afraid you're... Right on the money. As usual. Huh? Colonel. Uh, a moment, please. Uh, hurry back. I'm not getting any younger. What are you up to, Walter? The Colonel thinks that Jim is Albert. Is that what he's talking about? Yep. We can't let him think that. Why not? Because it's a lie. We're not lying to him, Mom. He came up with the idea himself. You do look something like Al did back in 55. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Lieutenant... Uh, Walter. Gladys, since the Colonel thinks that Jim is Albert, we might be able to use that to get some information we came for. You can't allow that nice old man to... Louise, is there any way that my playing along with what the Colonel thinks could harm him? I don't see how. I'm against it. Even if playing along might get us the information we need to find your husband? Could it really work? It might. Since the colonel brought it up, it's obvious that that time period, or maybe Albert himself, must hold a great deal of interest for him. You sure it won't hurt him? Not a chance. Can you pretend to be your dad, kid? Watch me. Don't ham it up. 
You're not looking for an Oscar. Just try to get the information we need so we can get on our way. I understand. Be respectful to the Colonel, dear. I'm sure Albert would be. Gotcha. My apologies, Colonel. That's quite all right. You're looking well, Albert. Thank you, sir. You too. Bah! I'm looking old. That's what I'm looking. I'm sure the ladies would say distinguished. Ha <laughs> ha! From your mouth to God's ears. Who's that cutie with you, by the way? That's my mother, Gladys. She's rather attractive. And very married, Colonel. Oh, well, late to the party again. <laughs> uh, you got uh, back to your wife okay? Just fine. Blast this disease, but I can't remember her name. Glad, uh, uh, Gwendolyn. Of course. Darn this old brain of mine. You know, I can tell you the names of every kid in my fourth grade homeroom in the order they sat at their desks. But there are times when I can't remember what I had for breakfast. I hear that's all part of the disease. So they tell me. Hey, you took care of those nasty Llewellyns for us, right? I did, sir. Good, good. They were a pesky crowd. Colonel, the Llewellyns are why I'm here. What do you mean? We have reason to believe that their kids might be trying to start this whole thing up again. No. Yes, sir. Blast it. Are you going to... Have to take care of them a second time? It looks that way. Well, you be careful. You cut things a little close last time. I'll be careful, sir. So you're heading to Maine soon? Yes, Colonel. As soon as our visit is over. It's nice of you and your friends to visit a doddering old man. This isn't strictly a social call. No? No, sir. Washington believes the Llewellyn's kids plan on using the same compound that their parents used in 1955. You don't say... I'm sure you remember where in Maine the compound was. I, uh... I, I asked you to go to Brunswick. You did, sir, and I went. Good man. Did you stop him? Yes, Colonel. I remember how you asked me to go. It was very inspirational. It was? It certainly was. You said, Albert, I need you to go to Maine to stop those commies. Yes, that's what I said. You said, I need you to go to... Uh, darn it. What was the address again? Uh, it was, uh, uh, hmm. uh, started with a, a B. Uh, Bayview, that was it, Bayview Road. 175 Bayview Road, if this diseased old brain is working properly. Thank you, Colonel Cutler. You may have just saved a man's life. <laughs> Glad to help. You'll be sure to let me know if I did save his life later. You go now. You go and make Ike proud. So do we trust the colonel's memory? What else do we have to go on? He seemed pretty sure of himself. Are you up for another road trip, Lieutenant? You betcha. When do we leave? Uh, Mom? James Nolan, don't you even think for a moment that I'm not going to Maine with the two of you. Gladys, it's liable to be very dangerous. And does the fact that you two are men make you less vulnerable to danger? She's got a point. If Albert is up there, I need to help rescue him. Very well. I won't be able to spare any more officers. The chief is already on me for all the man-hours my guys have logged up in Brunswick. Then we'll go on our own. 
A bunch of police officers showing up at the Llewellyn compound would probably only scare them. They might panic and harm Dad. We'll go in my car. It's less conspicuous that way. Good idea. I'll be right back. Where are you going? Before we go anywhere, I'm calling the Auto Club to make sure there is a 175 Bayview Road in Brunswick, Maine. Can you believe it, Mom? We're going to get Dad back. Don't go counting your chickens before they're hatched, son. What do you mean? I hope with every fiber of my being that this all works out too, but it's going to be a while before your father walks through the front door of Nolan Investigations. You're right. But for months, he hasn't been closer to that door than he is right now. Well, well, well. What's that noise? It's the homing device we had planted in Jim Nolan's car. So he's close? Yes. The device is programmed to emit a beacon when the vehicle gets within an hour's drive of this compound. Then we'd better take precautions. Why? There could be trouble. Both the younger Nolan and that nosy police lieutenant have come close to this place in the past. We have no reason to believe that they have any better idea where we are now than they did before. Who do you think is in the car? Probably the two men, and maybe the mother. They could be armed. Not as armed as we are. Besides, if they do find us, the homing device can be set to self-destruct. That's right. I'd forgotten about that. That's why you're the older sister. If we do that, we'll have to bring Albert Nolan here to witness the event. Seeing the death of whatever friends of his are in that car will hopefully cause him to experience some of the grief we have due to the death of our sainted father and Mr. Nolan's attempt to destroy this worthy cause of ours. Yeah, that will be something to see. Well, I hadn't planned on bringing this to a head just yet, but it looks as though fate may have other plans. Perhaps the time is ripe. It could be. Just in case we need it. Is our secret weapon ready? Yes. Come forward! Are you ready to defend this compound and us with your very life? I am. I hear you. And I will obey you, my masters. Very good, Trudy. Very good. Was it just me, or did Trudy not sound like herself? In their desire to rescue Albert, Jim, Gladys, and Lieutenant Carmichael are heading toward a confrontation with some heavily armed people who carry a big grudge against the Nolan family. Also, they are unaware of the existence of the explosive homing device in Jim's car. Will Jim, Gladys, and Lieutenant Carmichael even make it to the Llewellyn's compound to mount the rescue attempt? Please join us again next time for the conclusion of Father's Day.
Our special thanks to our regular cast members. Russell Gold as Jim Nolan. Joyce Bender as Gladys Nolan. Brian Bedard as Lieutenant Walter Carmichael. Tracy Hall as Trudy Williams. And Katie Daynert as the narrator. And to our guest stars. Wendy Tremont King as Mrs. Williams. Michael Liebman as Eric Stanton. H. Keith Lyons as young Albert Nolan. Ray Saltrelli as Mr. Stanton. Victor Gates as the guard. Wendy Tremont King as Hannah Llewellyn. Ray Saltrelli as Ben Timothy. Chris Cree as Dr. Louise Harkins. Joe Stofko as Colonel Cutler. Cindy Swanson as Rachel Llewellyn. And Chris Cree as Deanna Llewellyn. Jim Nolan Private Eye was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. Father's Day Part 1 was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosko. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosko. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer Captain John Tadrazak. Assistant Producer Mike Murphy Mixer John Specht Script Editor Arlene Osborne Webmaster April Sadowski Art Director Alexa Chipman We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrazak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne in the betterment of his scripts. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynert. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2010.